Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And today we've got a couple pretty big stories. We've got the adventures of the day without Facebook, all the stuff that happened and, and why and what went down, mm-hmm. which was a Monday, of course. <laughs> and then we've got the new Surface products, which is a whole new lineup, and we made a video about them. And then we've got one single new cringy Intel ad that I just want to go over for a little bit. Just rant about, yeah. yeah. Uh, So we've got you here with me. We'll have David on in the second half of the podcast as well to talk Surface stuff. But I say we start with Facebook. Yeah, let's do it. Because that was the big story of the internet this week is on a Monday, bright and early. I'm sure in California time, it was probably like 7, 8 a.m. when all this started. 1 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so 11, 10, 11, 12, something like that. Facebook goes down and you probably kind of noticed the the series of things that happen which is you try to go on facebook you realize it's not loading you check your wi-fi you're like why is my wi-fi not working but your wi-fi is working so you're like oh it's facebook down so then you go to i don't know instagram just to see if it works yeah yeah, yeah. instagram's also down and then you go start figuring out connecting the dots most of us are like we're on twitter and we're seeing everybody else say that facebook is down and instagram's down and all that yeah Um, i don't i don't check facebook that often so i found out because it was trending on twitter and i hadn't checked Mm -hmm. instagram yet that day so it was all sort of trending on twitter at once that a bunch of stuff that facebook runs and owns is down at the same time they're all connected yeah i think that's what it didn't hit me what the magnitude of that was at first because i saw facebook down on twitter Mm -hmm. thought cool. I don't use it that much just like you. I mean, I use it to communicate with my family sometimes. That's down. Who cares? Yeah. Then you realize Instagram's connected and that's the first pretty big one. It's like, okay, I like Instagram way more than Facebook. Yeah. That one kind of hurts a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then it just keeps going. Like you don't realize what is, and then WhatsApp's down, which. Right. Facebook also owns WhatsApp. And we don't use it that much. We use SMS mostly. I mean, we still have like Slack and some other messaging apps, but WhatsApp is gigantic. Internationally, it's massive. Millions and millions of people use WhatsApp and we'll go over that in a second. Yeah. But like we've seen outages like this in the past, like when Amazon's web services go down, Mm -hmm. when AWS goes down, you realize how many sites on the internet depend on AWS and they're all down at once. And usually it's brief. But you'll notice, like, wow, mm-hmm. there's a lot that's actually all connected here. So, yeah, we we saw the the sort of small world of the internet as Facebook.com and all of those services, mm-hmm. Facebook Messenger, Instagram, all of that, WhatsApp, even Oculus. Yeah, Oculus was kind of funny to me because it's just like, oh, yeah. like, just the last thing I'd ever imagined to be hit by Facebook being down is like, oh, I can't play VR now. That, Facebook owns Oculus. But it makes total sense. Yeah, you have Oculus. to log in through Oculus, which brings me to my next thing where when we first start seeing it kind of outside of the general Facebook realm, because, you know, like Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, they're all directly owned by Facebook. So it all makes sense. Yeah. Then I saw like Michael Fisher tweeting about how he couldn't even go on his to-do list because he had to, he logged in through Facebook on his to-do list app. Yes. So imagine all this. I mean, the second order, the majority of times when I download some new app that I'm not 
that excited about, but I just want to have it because maybe it does one nice thing. If it gives me the option to log in through Facebook or Google, I'll do it because it's so much quicker than just oh, interesting. Um, making a new account every time. Yeah, there's different philosophies with that. I never, ever log in through Facebook. You're, yeah, that's, that's the been right my way. That's been my mentality. I do log in through Google with some things, and yeah. then Apple now will let you literally make a new fake email address to sign in. Oh. So if you th- sign in through Apple, you can just bypass all of that sort of tracking. But I, I want to go over the explanation sure. for exactly what happened first, and then we can go, go over like the experience and okay. the, the effects because cool, there cool. were a lot of them. So a lot of people were asking, like, Marquez, are you going to make a video about what happened and like when are we going to figure out why everything was down for like several hours, Yeah, which is a while. We finally did get an explanation. I'm not probably going to make a video about it, but it is interesting to read, and we'll link it below, but we kind of have the cliff notes here. I was, It's a very brief too long didn't read, but the briefness of this is still fairly long because it was a huge explanation of what happened. Highly suggest reading it. It'll be in the show notes, like you said. Um, so essentially, I'm going to try and break this down here. And all this right. is very, very brief. I'm, there is way more nuance to all you of can this. Get scientific. So just, yeah, I, I don't know if I can get I'm not an engineer. <laughs> okay. I don't fully understand everything. So this is what I gathered. So essentially, Facebook has a bunch of physical data centers globally. Yep. Makes sense. Some of them are gigantic, but what they do have is they have a bunch of smaller ones that generally connect to all of these together. So, you know, we have all our physical facilities that are around the world and those are all connected and they kind of call that the back the backbone network mm-hmm. of kind of the broader Facebook and everything that Facebook owns is all connected through this backbone network. Now, when you use an app or go to Facebook or anything, it generally sends a request to one of these smaller facilities before then going into all of the data centers to request permissions or wherever, send it back to your phone. That's pretty much how general internet usage gets processed, uh, at least through Facebook here. Now, between those facilities, it's all managed by different routers and everything because you know, you're know you sending information into a smaller facility, then it has to get sent out to one of the bigger data centers. So in a general maintenance of some of these routers, which they have to go down all the time because you know different things need to get worked on. Maybe there's some physical lines that have to be worked. Maybe uh, they need to do some configuration on something different. So, Can't have 100% uptime. Yeah, exactly. So they're used to doing this in like small portions where you and I, the user, would never notice that they were doing it or never notice there was any downtime. Apparently, when they did one of these, um, they accidentally issued a command that unintentionally took down all of these routers and all of these connections between these smaller facilities into these larger data centers. So basically, no one could connect to these larger data centers. It's like a DNS issue. Like DNS is basically like, they call it the phone book of the internet. It's it's certain Mm -hmm. numbers that send you- To a URL. To, yeah, to them, and then they send it back to you. So essentially, the DNS was all messed up and nobody could find these data centers that store all of the information and everything that Facebook owns globally. Yeah. Now, that becomes kind of a problem, not just because you can't connect to that, but because of how much Facebook themselves are on here, internal messaging apps, internal emails, just like internal communication in general start going down. Yeah, I saw an email that, or a tweet that, (laughs) I saw most of this on Twitter, uh, that, yeah, literally Facebook employees could not communicate with each other mm-hmm. because they were using Facebook tools and Facebook email yeah. addresses, and all of those also didn't work. So I believe some of them who were already logged into their Outlook were okay because it was already connected. But if you were not logged into that, if you're not logged into a messenger, if you had to log in or basically anything, you were out. You is just it true, weren't able. Is it true that Facebook employees were locked out of the building because of some server issues? It sounds like they didn't fully explain that. It did see like there was issues maybe getting into some of the data centers. Mm. Um, and I'm not 100% sure if that meant like, re- they definitely couldn't remote into some of them. They yeah. were having issues with that. Um, so they did have to physically send people to these data centers around globally to get into them to physically, and these facilities with the routing issues to to reset everything. What a um, stressful car ride that probably was. I can't even imagine, like you're one of the biggest companies in the world and just you're down completely. And there's nothing you can do except physically go to the, I mean, this would be a great opportunity for like spot or something maybe who's remote on location and could mm. potentially get in. But um, the end of this is pretty much they, they finally get to the physical data centers because they had to actually go to them, start getting everything going up. They couldn't just throw everything up at one time. They had to slow roll it out a little bit, but that's why we slowly started seeing some people gaining access to Instagram, some people gaining access to Facebook. Finally, mm. all came back up. 
all of this ending up taking around five hours, which for all of us on the internet probably sounds like a lifetime. That it's is just a, weird. That is a long time. I, I remember I've seen some stats about, uh, there's an occasional tweet about how much money each one of these mm-hmm. companies makes per hour or something yeah. ridiculous like that. So I just Googled it. Looks like uh, those couple hours resulted in about $60 million of lost revenue because Facebook's selling ads all the time. Facebook's running constant ads yeah. alongside videos and is, is helping the I would entire argue creator economy. More. I wonder if that's like literally just Facebook and probably not just like, Facebook ads. Like the Facebook website, not not Instagram. Not. I feel like it would be yeah. more. Fun, oh, yeah. But if you think about it, five hours for everything that happened, for physically having to go to these data centers and fix it, that's pretty quick. I True. mean, I'm sure it's an absolute mess for them and they would wish that would never happen ever again. But yeah, you got to give a little credit. Five hours to physically go to all these different places and, yeah. and fix the largest mess. I think someone said the biggest internet outage since 2018, which is probably the AWS services, right? Okay, yeah. that's So there was a, like we said, there's like a first order effects, second order effects too. Mm-hmm. The first order effects were, okay, we can't go to Facebook. We can't use Facebook Messenger. We can't use Instagram or any of their services. We can't use WhatsApp. We can't communicate through that. Second order effect, out. I would, I would actually loop Oculus into like second order effects because you wouldn't expect it to go down. But because you need to log into your Oculus library through Facebook, mm-hmm. people were saying, and again, most of this is seen on Twitter because Twitter was up the yeah. whole time, most of the time, um, that they were unable to access games in their Oculus library. Yep. Some some people's libraries vanished in front of their VR eyes because yeah, Facebook sure. services weren't working and they couldn't validate that they actually owned any of the games. Mm-hmm which is crazy. Um, I I love referencing a site called isitdownrightnow.com. Yep. That site was hit so hard yeah. during this outage that it also went down. Yeah. So is it, was, it down right now also was down. It was basically replicating like a, a DDoS attack, which is the way that works is sending so much information to a single website that it can't handle the load. Yeah. Well, this, was, this wasn't an attack. This was just something went down that is so big that so many people wanted to check that it went down. And then also I kind of asked, sort of passively wondering, but also kind of really wanting to know, how hard does like Twitter usage spike Mm -hmm. during the outage of other services comparable to Twitter? So like this would be a perfect example. Facebook's gone. You know, where do you go to talk about Facebook and Instagram being down at once? You go to Twitter usually. And we did see Twitter start to struggle with maybe yeah, their highest struggled. load ever, mm-hmm. which is really crazy. And also, um, we, we saw what Telegram saw some really impressive numbers because WhatsApp was down for so long that apparently about 70 million new people <laughs> signed up for, for Telegram during that outage, That's which is wild. well played. Now, I got to say, brand Twitter was pretty on point during all of this. I yeah. think tw- Telegram was tweeting at people like, hey, we're still up. Join us now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter was just kind of like, what's what's up, everybody? What's up, literally everybody? What's up, I think everyone, was their tweet. Yeah. everyone on the internet. And uh, a lot of brands chimed in that they weren't down while mm-hmm. Facebook was. Um, I thought there was a healthy amount of like actually fun brand engagement on Twitter. There was some fun brand engagement. There's also just some great memes dunking on Facebook, which I Classic. think is the ultimate the the ultimate upside to everything that happened is for people who aren't super in, into Facebook or maybe even don't check Instagram, for us Twitter users, we had we had a field day. It was a good time. There was a, I think there was a couple that I think were my personal favorites, and uh, I think we just have to go over them. They're okay. too good. Uh, my absolute favorite one, someone tweeted a picture of the Facebook HQ sign, and then they put one of those Spirit of Halloween banners over it, <laughs> like it went out of business. Um, if, if you're outside of the US, essentially, we have this store that pops up every fall that sells like purely Halloween decorations and Halloween costumes and seems to just immediately take over any semi out of business it's kind like, of, spot. Anyway. It's a phenomenon. Like this business is only relevant two months of the year. Yeah. One and a half months. And maybe. there's one. Every mile, it feels, and like. they appear like every as, like the second you start seeing pumpkin spice lattes, you start seeing <laughs> yeah. this store everywhere for Halloween related stuff, and they just find a way to swarm in. They're they're kind of like lantern flies. They're like, <laughs> they're like an invasive species, and they just find everyone going out of business and just buy all those buildings and make all of their money for a month, yeah, yeah. and then they're just gone. Yep, it's beautiful. So they took over Facebook. Perfect timing too. Yeah, that's shiny new spirit of Halloween headquarters. Well you know, played. over there. Um, we also had. 
our fellow coworker David tweeting, guys, I can't log into my Ray-Bans in reference to the uh, new Facebook Ray-Ban glasses, which I find hilarious. Like, what do you think those... My God. Uh, we're probably a little too new into those, but if anyone using them, we're using them as Facebook went down. Uh, I guess you just have really expensive sunglasses. For I feel like, hours. yeah, they were, they were probably bricked. They're probably bricked. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well done. Uh, uh, there's a lot of just Twitter dancing on Facebook's grave. Yeah, I enjoyed ton, that. Tons of dancing on Facebook. It was, it was fantastic. But that's the thing about like, okay, that we, we always see the monthly active users for people who go on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And those numbers are huge because it's monthly. And over the course of a month, I feel like every human I know will check Facebook once. It's yeah. like everyone has an account. But the the spike is so much higher for sites like if TikTok were to go down, that spike of how many people are typically on TikTok at once would be so much higher that it would it would probably have even more of an effect, I think. Yeah. But, you know, Instagram is another one. Instagram is has a lot of people on every day instead of just casually, passively checking a couple every few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It was, it was kind of the perfect storm of, like, a lot of things happening at once. Twitter, seeing all of these people flooding in. Telegram, seeing all these people flooding in. It was... Uh, it was a nice, like, small world type story for the it, it was kind of fun to just see everyone on one site for a little bit. I, yeah. I'd like to say, I think one thing I took out of this, and this is something you mentioned earlier that you do already, but I will probably from now on not oh, yeah. create new accounts through Facebook or through Google or something like that because, heaven forbid, it was something that I really needed to yeah. get into and one of these sites went down. It, we can see it takes a while to get these back up if it's hard enough, so... I'll stop being lazy and it's make a good my habit. own accounts. Yeah, yeah. I I used to be terrified that if I ever logged into anything on Facebook or or through Facebook, that it would post something from my account or something. And even yeah. if this was never true, because it never did, I would just never give any anything access to my Facebook account because it could see anything about me. That's and a really good point. Yeah. Never wanted to connect it that that closely. Uh, Google still knows probably more about me and I, I have a bad habit of logging in through Google. So I'll, I'll take this opportunity to stop doing that as well. But yeah, I think we're on the same page that we've realized it's all very connected. You brought up accidentally sharing things. Have you ever had those moments where like your finger slips and you hit some random button and it does something and you think it's shared somewhere and uh, then you're just like scrambling through all your the different... share button, yeah. I was on TikTok and it, I don't know if I hit, I think I hit download and it just like, I got this really quick loading bar status come up, not saying what, and then just went back to playing videos. And I was like, like what did I just do? Where did that just go? <laughs> Who did, I was scrolling through my text messages. I was on Twitter, on Instagram. I was like, where did this share to? And it just downloaded to my phone. So a little panic attack, but nice. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Hopefully uh, the podcast is still online. Nobody, nobody <laughs> yeah. loses anything here. We're going to come back. We'll talk about Surface and we'll have David here. Support for Waveform comes from Coda. So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's Coda, C-O-D-A dot io slash wave to get started for free. Coda.io forward slash wave. Oh, hey. Welcome. Whoa, 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 wait. You just you just appeared here I in the chair. Out. I'm glad you're here. Is it still Monday? No, it's not Monday. Your Ray Bans definitely took you offline for a minute there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, well I was so, offline for more than six hours, but uh yeah, welcome to the uh, the podcast. Thank you, uh, thank you for bringing me on here. All right. So, all right, we've got a Microsoft event. We're also expecting some more events coming this year, but this one was kind of fun. And of course, we had Panos delivering in his typical way. 
a bunch of new Microsoft products, some yep. expected, some a little unexpected. Yep. I want to talk about Surface Duo 2 first, and then we'll talk about the laptop stuff. Okay. So we got the new Surface Duo finally. Yep. First Surface Duo, not so hot. You yeah. know, I reviewed yeah. it. It, <laughs> it was uh, it was a very expensive, beautifully folding, but incredibly dysfunctional uh, piece of hardware. Mm. It ran Android. It was what was it? Fifteen hundred dollars? Sixteen? It was fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred bucks. Very yep. expensive. Um, awful cameras, awful yep. battery life, yep. awful software. Yep. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it so, was a situation. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was they, they stuck with it and they made a new one, which I'm glad. I'm glad they didn't just give up right away. So we have yep. Surface Duo 2 now. It's running the latest chip. Nice. Mm -hmm. Snapdragon 888. Yep. 8 gigs of RAM. It has a 90 hertz display. Yeah. Or a pair of displays. A little better. And these displays kind of curve over the inside edge. Yeah. In a way that when you close it, you can still read... Yeah, some the time, edge display. Yeah. So this is kind of neat. I, you know, we saw something like this with the Galaxy Note Edge when it first yeah. came out, like yeah. <laughs> tickers on the side of the display. Yeah. Now the camera on the back is really interesting. I haven't watched enough hands-on videos, but I remember with the first Surface Duo, it would fold over completely flat, and yep. it was really nice that it could yeah. do that. Now that it has a camera bump on the back. I don't believe you can fold it perfectly flat anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, you know, maybe that won't be as satisfying. They are trying to mitigate it slightly, though, because if you if you imagine that the camera bump was like the camera bump was flat, when yeah. you would try to fold it over itself, it would like it would like push against the corner of the camera bump. So what they right. did was they angled the camera bump. Oh, really? So That's it's, smart. It's angled now, and the camera bump itself has magnets in it now. So when it closes, when it folds over itself, it actually like snaps snaps okay. to the camera bump. Nice. Yeah. So it's not like on a corner or anything. Yeah. It's still going to cause like wobbling issues when you have it closed, which is not great, but you okay. know, it, and it is ugly. In my yeah. Opinion. It's very ugly. <laughs> I remember yeah. when we first actually saw, I think it's still in our video, when we first saw the Surface Duo 1, we got a preview of it with Panos and he, he showed us these hardware prototypes and they ended up being the final version, but he also showed us some software on his personal one. Yeah. And his personal one had a camera bump on the back and he never talked about it. He just showed us some software on it and put it away, but it made it into the video and people were wondering like, wait, this one has a, a hardware camera yeah, bump and yeah. it's matte black and the others are just like white with no right. camera bump. So they've been thinking about it. Yep. They finally did it. Is this new set of things going to save the Surface Duo? <laughs> um, okay, so there's like a wider thing with Microsoft products that I'll probably get into more later where, look, this is, again, it's like $1,500, $1,600. It's still expensive. It's, it's more expensive. It, yeah, I think it's $100 more <laughs> than okay. it was last year, yeah. which is like... Bold. Yeah, it's very bold considering like it was that much. Yeah. Um, personally, I... I like the additions they made. I think the ticker display is a good idea because I think the reason people are okay with buying foldable phones right now is that you can still use basic information while they're folded, right? You still have that ambient clock, that ambient information. Yeah. The problem with the Surface Duo, the original one, was like you couldn't do anything with that thing while it was closed. Exactly. It was just a brick. Yeah, that was a that's a that's a fundamental piece of why foldables are are all different. It's because yeah. they all have different levels of of usability when they're closed. When they're closed, yeah. Like the Galaxy Fold has a really usable outside screen. Yeah. The Z Flip has like a small but kind of yeah. usable outside it's screen. It's bigger now. The Razer, we really like that bigger yeah, outside huge screen display. Nothing on the surface. Nothing on the original Surface Duo. So this is like a ticker now. <laughs> Notifications, time. Yeah. You're not really interacting with it, but yeah. it's better than nothing. Yeah, it's still like if you're at dinner and you need to like glance at the time and sure. it's sitting there you cool. don't have to open it right okay yeah. right, right and and like i've always been a proponent of technology that is like only used when it needs to be used but there's some information that you get from your technology that always needs to be available it's like a smartwatch also always needs to be able to be a watch mm -hmm. right so having that time there all the time is very useful um I like the curved display for that reason, and I think it makes the gap in between seem less big, especially when the thing is open. Right. Uh, the new cameras are good and bad. Yeah, well, I haven't seen any sample photos yet, but yeah, when I say good and bad, before. it's like bad because of the the bump and it's ugly and it's you know it's it adds some issues. You can't fold it flat. Yeah. Uh, good in that the technology that they were using last year was they had the one camera on the inside, you would fold it over itself, 
And when it detected you turning it, I guess, it would make the viewfinder the side that you were using and then it would yeah. theoretically activate and and it would switch the screens, but it never worked. Exactly. And I was going to say, in my experience, this was one of the least often working things in yeah. my entire tech experience yeah. last year <laughs> yeah. is I want to just take a picture and this yeah. thing is really hard to take uh -huh. a picture with. Yeah. It was crazy hard to take a picture with. And look, I, I just still feel like a dual screened this like device is not as functional as a foldable device. And I know that Microsoft, like, remember last year when they were like, they were beating this drum of the Surface Duo is not a phone, it's a device. But it's like, right. you're not gonna carry a Duo and another phone. That was, a, that was a thought I kept seeing is this was marketed or at least described as a companion device. Yeah. So you have your phone, but in your other pocket, I guess, you also have a Surface Duo that you usually use for most stuff. I don't know that I'd want to carry that much exactly. hardware. I mean, I'm I'm guilty of carrying two phones all the time, but this this I would want to spend that much money on one device yeah. and have it just be my only device. Yeah. So the fact that like phone calls are kind of tough because it's a weird shape and the aspect ratio is kind of weird, and I want a different shape for watching videos. It's like it's it's right. a little bit of a compromise. I wonder if there are people who. I mean, I don't know. There's There's got to be groups of people who don't care that much about the outside display and will be fine with like, all right, productivity is my only goal with this device. I'll get one. Yeah. I don't know how many of those people there are. It's just like, I think the way I think about it is the magic and beauty of the smartphone is that every year when smartphones were coming out, it seemed like every year it would replace another thing that we had, right? slowly the smartphone ate up all our other appliances to where we didn't have to carry a ton of stuff with us and we could just carry one thing. Why would you want to go the opposite direction? And the other thing is that like, it is a phone at the end of the day. It is a phone, it makes phone calls, it, makes it phone has calls. data a data connection. Yep, It is just redundant. I put a SIM card in it. Yeah, and the whole dual display thing versus versus like singular display, like Android has had multitasking features for years where you can like, put Chrome on this side and another app on this side. Like yep. that is built into Android now. And I don't, Panos like really wanted to tout like, oh, like it's magical to like have information on one display, one app open on one display and another app open on the other display. Galaxy Fold, you can do that with like three or four apps. Right, I did, I did feel a little bit sometimes what he was talking about, which yeah. is like, I use dual displays at my desktop. Yeah, and totally. it's fundamentally different from having an ultra wide. Just right. because I divide things differently, I have like things up against the left bezel on the right monitor and the right bezel on the left mo left monitor, and like I I organize things around two displays differently yeah. than I do around one huge display. Yeah, but like the software has to really facilitate that, and that was a bit of a challenge. I don't know. I right. just I look at this device and I'm like, can we save this? Like, I want this to keep going and get better, but. The, the amount of things that I would have to change in order to save it in my own view yeah. is so Massive. long that I don't know that it's worth going. Like I would want it to have an outside display. Mm -hmm. I'd want it to have better cameras, better battery life. All this makes the thing way thicker. Yeah, Suddenly yeah, yeah. it's like this huge chunky dual screen thing. Like is it even sleek anymore? Right. I don't know. A factor that I think will trickle down into the other devices as well that we talk about today is that as much as Microsoft makes products that sells them to consumers, I think a primary focus for it has always been enterprise. And in its mind, it's like, it doesn't really matter if these are $1,600, $1,500, because if a business buys them in bulk and gives them to their employees mm. and they can do Microsoft Teams, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. and you can use Excel, then it like, it doesn't matter how expensive they are. And you should actually make them more expensive because you'll make more money on that. And bigger businesses don't care about that because it's a tax write-off because they're using them as devices. So it's like, that's something that has always sort of like conflicted with me in all of Microsoft's uh, Surface products is that it seems like they focus so much on the enterprise side. They do. That the consumers tend to suffer on the feature end. Yeah, I, I do find myself reviewing a lot of things where I know it's not for me. Yeah. And this is another one where I'm like, I'm I open the thing up and it's like, sign into Microsoft Teams, here's Excel, <laughs> yeah. here's the things, like a whole bunch of things that I know work decently well that I just don't use. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, it's not 
gonna be easy to recommend this to almost any regular person, mm -hmm. but does that mean it shouldn't exist? I guess not, it could still exist, but yeah. it's tough. It's definitely uh, tough. I don't, it, uh, <laughs> it's like one, the OS last year on the Surface Duo One was just so, it was, the it was probably the glitchiest phone I've ever used in my entire life. Ooh, top, top five for me. I don't know. What was glitchier for I you? I got to think about, I mean, of the year, it was definitely tops up there. The The Royal Flex Pie was a disaster, oh. but it, it yeah. didn't really ever have any promise of being anything better than a disaster. Sure. Or this was like a <laughs> $1,500 Microsoft product. Yeah, I thought yeah. it would be better. Flex Pie was never trying to be anything other than it was trying to be lately. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, I, yeah. yeah, I agree. This is, it, yeah. It, it had its problems. But, you know, we'll see. I'm going to get my hands on it still. I mean, it's yeah, going to come totally. out. People will be able to buy it. Yeah. It's going to exist. So, stay and tuned I will for the say review. I like... As someone who wears shirts with shirt pockets all the time, like the dream of like keeping your phone in your shirt pocket and have it be that thin and like if you've seen the movie it's Her, it's like a passport. Size. Yeah, in the movie Her, uh, phones are like the Duo, where they're little they're little pocket books that look like passports in a way, hmm. and they have a little camera bump on the on the back, and you only like you open it up like a clutch when you want to use it. Okay, and they're actually pretty cool. But uh, and he and the main character keeps it in his shirt pocket, and then he can like stream to his AI assistant with video oh, because okay. it's peeking out of his shirt pocket. Anyway, interesting. It's a very it's uh, yeah yeah great movie if you haven't seen it. But um, we'll get our hands on the second one. We'll yes, see how close I'm excited to, to to play with it. We'll see if they can fix the software issues. Yeah. yeah. So then we had some other things come out. We had Surface Pro 8 and yep. Surface Laptop Studio. Those yes. are the two other main ones. Surface Pro 8, I feel like we can go through pretty briefly unless yeah. we have crazy thoughts. I mean, it's the it's a $1,099 starting. It is their uh, tablet with a – it's this guy. It's this guy, yeah. But it is for, – for our audio for listeners, our, it's, a, yeah. it's a tablet with a kickstand with an attachable keyboard. Yes. And it's got you know, Core i5 and Core i7 options. It's got up to a terabyte of storage, two USB-C ports. They're Thunderbolt 4 ports yes, now, which is which great. Is huge. It's got a headphone jack. It's got Surface Connect, fast charging. Mm -hmm. uh, you can spend up to 2600 bucks on this thing, and yeah. that can be your, <laughs> yeah. your machine. <laughs> yeah. How are we feeling about this refresh? Yeah, I mean, um, they made the bezels on the left and right sides smaller, which mm -hmm. was huge because when the Surface Pro X came out, which was the ARM, ver the ARM laptop they made, yeah. Uh, they worked with Qualcomm to make the SQ1. I wanted to be good so bad. I know. It was tough. I know. Like, my, Windows on ARM is still not good, and mm -hmm. emulation is not good, and just too many companies haven't ported their apps over, and yeah. battery life sucks. And and for some reason, that that computer, of course, because it had the X name, got like the latest and greatest hardware features, so it had the thinner bezels. Yeah. They finally brought those thinner bezels to the 8, which I like a lot. Um, they're still generally thick-ish bezels on the top and bottom, but it doesn't really matter as much because the keyboard actually like lifts up right. and it covers the bottom bezels. So it and doesn't really matter. The, that's where you hide the pen inside that And that's that where you hide the pen, which is magnet. cool. Yeah. yeah, as I will show the camera real quick. For those uh, on audio only, just imagine the keyboard on a laptop popping down a little bit, hiding with yeah. a little bit of magnets, the new Surface, what is it called, the Slim Pen 2? Slim Pen 2. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, now, one thing that is like a little bit of a travesty is they sell this computer as a tablet. And I think that Microsoft is a little confused um, as to what it wants its Surfaces to be because they, they lean into the fact that like, it's a full Windows machine. It's not like an iPad. It's not a tablet. But then they also sell it like a tablet in that they don't include the keyboard with it's an it. Optional hundred eighty dollar accessory. Two hundred eighty dollar. Two hundred eighty dollar. Yes. Oh. The cheapest keyboard you can get is one eighty, but it doesn't include the pen. Oh right, right. If okay. you want it with the pen, it's two eighty, and then it's it's in a hundred eighty dollars as well is very expensive, yeah. right? So if you just want to be able to use this as a laptop at all, unless you buy your own Bluetooth keyboard and mouse. You have to buy this, which is actually ridiculous. Plus 30%. And that's the interesting thing, right? Is that like this starts at $1,100 without the keyboard. If you get the cheapest keyboard, it's still $1,400. You can get a MacBook Air M1 for like $900. Right. So, so your question would be like, all right, the buyer that's picking this over that mm -hmm. wants a couple things that this offers that that doesn't. Yeah. One would be Windows. Windows. Two would be touchscreen. Yeah. Three would be the ability to 
disconnect the screen with the yeah. keyboard for some reason. For some reason. And there are some reasons, there's real yeah. reasons, every time I do this, I get into no, this I know, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, why would you ever want to do that? And then everyone who does it every day is like, I do this every day because here's yeah. the things that I want to do with Artists it. Artists do actually really like these and the, mm -hmm. the kickstand can go back that? really dang far. Not right? bad. Try so doing that do with the MacBook art, Air. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, a 120 hertz display is amazing. Mm -hmm. Thunderbolt 4 is amazing. Uh, and that is like going to be a bigger a bigger little rant that I have. Um, You've still got volume buttons. Still got volume buttons. Yeah. Yeah, so that's nice. And two USB-C ports. So yeah, it's a nice little device. Uh, I think for most people, it'll be a good option. It A lot of college students have surfaces. Yeah. Uh, for similar reasons, I think it's going to be up to the Surface Pro A or like a MacBook M1, um, either an Air or a Pro, probably an Air, yeah. as to what they get for college. Um, I have many thoughts about this Thunderbolt thing, and we can either save that for the Laptop Studio or we can talk about it now. <laughs> yeah, let's go right to the Laptop Studio okay, and then cool. talk about that. So yeah. the Laptop Studio is... Yes. Unknown if this at the moment if this replaces the Surface Book or not, yeah. but it's a laptop. Yeah, and this laptop has an interesting. I should have it with me, but I don't. It's got a hinge feature. When we made a whole video about it, pops the bottom half of the laptop screen off. Yeah, and can dock at forty-five degrees right above the trackpad. Yeah, like so, the sur the Surface Studio. Right, we had the desktop version, yeah. which which tilted down as well. Yeah. Now you have this ability in your laptop. It's also one hundred twenty hertz touchscreen. Yep. And it's running Windows 11. It's got the whole, it's got a, it's an i5 or an i7. It's up to, I think, 32 gigs of RAM. Yeah. It's a 3050 Ti. Yeah. It's it's also only got two USB-C ports. Yeah. And it's a little bit pricier yeah. to get this to work. It starts right. at 1599 without yeah. the integrated GPU, 2100 with it. Right. So, okay. I mean, yeah. laptops are fine. I like laptops. Mm -hmm. I really like this. the other Surface Books of past. I like the Surface Book 3. Mm -hmm. They made an all matte black version, so I really like the Surface <laughs> Book 3, and now the 4 has that too. But uh, this hinge thing, yeah, I I would never use that. Yeah. Just personally, I would never use that. Microsoft has a history of making like really weird wonky products just to like test the waters, right? Surface and Duo. just like with the Duo, um, they actually have a very rich history of like really messing up the first generation product and then fixing it in the second. Okay. I don't think the second will be fixed because I think the use case is fundamentally flawed. However, okay. um, you know, the Surface Book was a really interesting idea. Uh, if for listeners that like don't know about what the Surface Book is really, it is a tablet as well. For pretty much all the Surfaces are tablets except for Surface convertible. Laptop. Yeah, they're like convertible. Yeah. And it was cool because if you got the 15-inch version especially, it was like one of the biggest tablets you could buy. It's a 15-inch, fully Windows 10, like, tablet. And then you would dock it into this base that had a GPU in it, it had an extra battery in it, had a really good keyboard in it. So it was kind of like, and then you could flip it over, and it was similar to the easel, where you could, like, flip the screen around, dock it, and then put it down, and that way you could do your drafting on it. Yeah. Um, this, I, yeah. I think I'll just say, I think this surface laptop studio has the form factor advantage just because obviously you can't take the screen off of the keyboard anymore, yeah. but that means now you don't have to have the entire computer in this screen, right. which means it's much thinner. It's yeah. still a little thicker than normal, but yeah. it's fine. And then you get the weight at the bottom and it's mm -hmm. much better as a laptop in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the surface laptops in mm -hmm. the past really like those, but is it, Better than a normal yeah. laptop for having the hinge. This is a question. Know. Whenever manufacturers make two-in-ones, the question is always, is the two-in-one better than, is it? Is it better at either of those things? Or is yeah. it as good at either of those things, it's, right? It's always, I think, fundamentally going to have to be slightly worse at both. At both. But yeah. which will it lean towards being good at? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, this one's better as a laptop than it is as a tablet. Yeah, you can't disconnect the keyboard, so you can do this like screen flip down thing. And then you've got the full computer and in your arms. It's like and... honestly, it's not a great tablet. Yeah, <laughs> but you can put it down and draw on it, and right. that's that's cool. So yeah. it is a tablet in that way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I 
I, as a, as a very firm believer that you do have to sacrifice a little bit, I find that the overall user experience, maybe it doesn't matter to some people because you yeah. can only buy one device, yeah. but the overall user experience of having both devices is typically better. But you don't want to carry both. Yeah, you don't want to carry both. Yeah. And the Surface Books were big. Um, I've had every Surface Book since they released. I had the one, two, and three. And I thought it was an incredibly innovative design when it first came out. It was really cool. The hinge was amazing. But they just kind of kept that design for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And can sit like the tablet, it was so cool that you had a 15-inch tablet. But like you said before, because the entire computer had to be in, like most of the computer except for the GPU and the extra battery had to be in the screen itself, it was so heavy yeah. that like the use cases you would use a tablet for of like watching a movie in bed, your arms would get tired immediately. <laughs> like yeah. it was so, yeah, it's or a you whole drop computer. it on your face. Yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't a great situation. Um, this one's really interesting. And I think I am wondering how many people will use the easel mode and how often they'll use it. All the marketing was around gaming. Yeah, so controller, <laughs> tilted screen, which, I mean, you could do that without tilting it. But. Exactly, and it's a very Microsoft thing to be like, oh yeah, gaming means Xbox controller, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is like, whatever. But I was kind of hoping that if Microsoft finally made a Surface Book that was not completely self-contained in the screen itself and had a base and yeah. it had wires attaching itself, that they would be able to make it like very high powered. And I still think that Microsoft could really benefit by making an Xbox gaming laptop or like something of that nature. Like which a is, Razer competitor type thing? Yes, because no, but there is no Razer competitor in terms of like build quality. Now they obviously have like a lot of issues, their batteries swell and all these problems, but like the materials they use, the thinness, there, there isn't a comp, there isn't competition right now, really. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I've legitimately felt like I could compare any other laptop to a Razer Blade, yeah. just because they've been nailing that for so many yeah. years. Like, there's way faster laptops that are about as thin, but the build quality is not the same. Right. Um, so I feel like, and, and like Microsoft really has the Xbox brand and Xboxes are becoming more of PCs now. So it's like, you should really lean into that. True. Um, but either way, I mean, if you have, now that you have Thunderbolt, at least it gives you the option to use a eGPU. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Before we get into Thunderbolt, yes. my favorite thing about the Surface Studio laptop, mm -hmm. Surface Laptop Studio, what is it called again? It's one of those <laughs> Surface two. Laptop Surface Studio. Laptop Studio yeah. is the double-decker design. I saw it at first, <laughs> and I thought it was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Why yeah. is it double-deckered? No, it's nice, right? So all of the bottom, the top half looks like a thin MacBook Pro, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then underneath it, there's like a platform where <laughs> yeah. you get like another quarter inch of laptop. Yeah. That's where all the ventilation is. So it's like blowing air out the sides, which is like a little different than usual. It's yeah. like blowing on your hands, whatever. But then when you look at it from the top, it still looks like a thin laptop because yeah. you don't see the bottom part. Yeah. So you only see like a thin laptop, like kind of right. with the shadow underneath, like yeah, hovering. Yeah, it looks like it's floating. It looks like a thin laptop like that, hovering. Like it's that great. trick that we all used to do when we did smartphone reviews of like putting the phone on top of something to give it kind of that like 3D depth yeah. look, yeah. but like for a laptop. <laughs> I, I was super into that. I saw yeah. it at first in like the renders and the videos. I was like, that's an odd version of a laptop yeah. architecture. And yeah. I got it in person, I was like, oh, yeah, great. This yeah. is awesome. It is also a smart way to like only get rid of a little bit of internal component space while still making it look thinner. Yeah. Because if they had like rounded that out for the whole base, it would be a chunky boy. Yep. Facts. Chunky boy. Facts. So yeah. we got two ports on the side. Both of them are USB Type-C, Thunderbolt yes. 4. I was hoping for more ports. Maybe yeah. some people were hoping a laptop like this would have USB-A even, uh -huh. but I'm just kind of bummed that there's only two ports and there's yeah. no SD card. Yeah. Every laptop <laughs> marketing themselves to creative professionals should have an SD card slot. Yeah. Just saying. There's so few. It's like even even Razer, you have to get the creator one, which has like, an, which has like a... Um, some crazy GPU that is used for only like 3D modeling. Yeah. Like the studio edition or whatever. Give me yeah, that card slot. I know. So would you go eGPU with this or no? Uh, yeah. So like the 3050 Ti is fine. Mm -hmm. um, I think it could run a lot of modern games at 1080p. Uh, but the Surface Laptop Studio is like a 3K display. Like They've had this really amazing 3K display that they've used actually since the Surface Book 1. Mm -hmm. And it's a great display, so they don't really need to change it. And now it's 100. But now it's 120 hertz, right? And 
if you want to run games at 120 hertz, I don't even know if you you could probably could not run most modern titles at 1080, 120, right? Okay. And so eGPU is a great option. Um, and for those that don't know, there's Thunderbolt 4 and there's USB 4. And they're a little bit different. Uh, USB 4 is much more similar to Thunderbolt 3. Intel owns Thunderbolt. Yep. And because of that, normally you would have to pay a licensing fee to Intel to be able to use this. Um, laptops before, the only re the reason you only saw high-end laptops having Thunderbolt 3 was because it required a separate module that you'd have to put in the computer. But now they built that into Tiger Lake. So the Intel okay. processors now, have thun they basically just have Thunderbolt 3 built in. And Surfaces have never had Thunderbolt, and it's always been incredibly frustrating for me uh, because every year when I would upgrade from the Surface Book 1 to the 2 to the 3, I would be hoping, like, oh, my gosh. I think that was my only complaint about yeah. the Surface laptop, too. Yeah, and yeah. when I saw leaks, they were adding USB-C, a USB-C port. I was like, that's going to be a Thunderbolt port, and it wasn't. And there were these conspiracies that the Surface Book 2 didn't add it because there were not enough PCIe lanes because the Surface Connect port like requires two PCIe lanes and the CPU only has 12 and so all this stuff. Um, and they just never added it. And then there was a leaked like internal like memo about why they didn't add it to the three uh, that got confirmed. And they said the reasoning was that it was a direct connection to the memory because you can put 40 gigabits per second through through there straight to the memory and they were like I this is another example of Microsoft just like thinking about the business use cases of things much more than they think about like the hmm. consumer use case yeah and they were like it's gonna be easier to hack into something that has that much data throughput through a single port wow which is like sure um I think it's because they wanted to sell more surface connect docks which are these like really expensive docks that connect to the Surface Connect port, they add a bunch of ports. You get extra ports. Still no, ports. still no card slot. Still no SD You card get more slot. ports. Yeah. And when I when I was at Intel, I remember they only issued us these Lenovo laptops that did the same thing. That had these giant port like port things that would connect into the side of the computer. Mm -hmm. For some reason this is a very enterprise thing. I think the idea is because when you have people in cubicles, they have uh they have multiple monitors, and to connect to multiple monitors easily with a laptop, the easiest way to do that is with a dock of some kind. Right. So they would issue us a dock, they would issue us the laptop, and like two 4K displays. Um, but now, but now Microsoft can't really say no because it's built into Tiger Lake, right? Yeah. So they would have to like turn it off, and I think they'd get a lot more backlash yeah, for that. Just, just, just roll it now. Okay. Um, but it's fantastic because like eGPUs, like my one of my friends has always loved Surface Pro devices. And every couple of years he buys the new one and he can sort of play his games on them okay. And then as games get harder to play, he can't anymore. But he can't just get an eGPU. Mm. So that has always sucked. I love this. Um, okay. So that's great. That's Sweet. great. Yep. All right. <laughs> That's my well, little rant about. about I guess we'll, we have a perfect tangent. As soon as we come back from this break, we'll talk more about Intel <laughs> and the incredible ad they put out yes. this week. We'll okay. be right back. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, 
and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, but that's a perfect segue though, because we got to talk about Intel. Yes. We got to talk about Intel because Intel, uh-huh. Intel, <laughs> <laughs> um, in, Intel put out a, mm-hmm. a, an advertisement. It's on their YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. You, have you ever seen those uh, those like social experiment videos? Like you've seen the Febreze commercials where they'll be like <laughs> they'll blindfold somebody and bring them in a room and be like, "Where do you think you are right now?" I'm in and a they'll forest. be like, "I'm in a I'm in a clean room." <laughs> and then they take the blindfold off and they're in a dumpster. It's like. <laughs> That's what Intel try. They just keep doing this, oh and they've had a long history of really cringy, yeah, insecure ads, yeah, especially targeting Apple. With I mean, they're they're getting attacked from every direction, but for some reason, they just keep going at Apple. Yeah, and they put out their latest one this week. I feel like we'll just cut to maybe a brief audio clip of it, so you can get a sense of the cringe. Mm. Uh, it's pretty bad. The music starting off is already just cr- corporate cringy. You know it's music. coming. <laughs> it's you know it's corporate coming. cringy. So they're corporate setting the core. scene going right for Apple. <laughs> yeah. Right for Apple. Right for Apple. Oh gosh, who sit? Who just sits like that in a room, just being like, I don't know. Hi there. How are you? Good. You? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. I'm Kevin. I'm going to be your moderator So wait, okay, today. pause. <laughs> so, so they're setting the scene already with like, this cannot go well from here on out. They're setting the stage with, we're going to tell these people about products that are presumably Apple products. Yeah. But they're going to be surprised when we tell them they're not Apple mm-hmm. products. This <clears throat> cannot go well. This no. cannot be enjoyable for anyone to watch. Yeah. This cannot be a good commercial. <laughs> You've already lost. But go ahead, Intel. Let's let's play it. Yep. Are you a big Apple fan? I am. Yeah, yeah, all Apple. 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 I'm an Apple girl in the Apple world. I am 100% loyal to Apple. <laughs> this is all about getting your opinion. Uh, pause. That, that didn't sound pause. like manufactured whatsoever. I love that they always have to say <laughs> these aren't actors. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I saw that in the, in the fine print for this one, but who talks like that? Yeah. I am 100% loyal to Apple. Never heard anyone say that in real life. <laughs> I'm sure someone would say it sarcastically. <laughs> oh my goodness. But um, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, we can yeah, play. Let's Sounds go. Good. Ready to get started? So I'd love to have the freedom to customize. That'd be amazing if you could. I hate that you can't add more RAM after you make the wrong decision and get the computer. Once you're committed to that thing, there's no easy way in to change that out. Well, I want to show you something regarding customization then. Pause. <clears throat> this has come up before yep. because they've done other ads mm. against Apple in the past. Yep. But there's still several laptops powered by Intel yes. that Apple makes. Oh, yeah. Where you are locked into the amount of RAM you have. It's a perfectly legitimate complaint. Like, yeah. oh, you can't change your RAM okay, after you buy but it. But also, you can't change your RAM in every Windows laptop either. This Actually, is it's also quite very true. few that you can change your RAM this in. This is very true. It is like a feature. <laughs> like- so the fact that they're so specifically calling out this really narrow complaint 
is kind of odd. It's not yeah. like that's an Intel thing where now that you've got an Intel laptop, you can change your yeah. RAM. It's like that's not really true. I think the reason is because it always used to be the Apple, like I'm a PC, I'm a Mac commercials because it was yes. Apple versus Microsoft. That's what they're angling But at. now that Apple is the one that's like, like Apple didn't want to yell at Intel. Intel didn't want to yell at Apple and like make fun of Apple because they had a partnership where they made the chips in their laptops. Right. But now that there's this two-year transition to M1 everything. Yeah, we must go at <laughs> Apple and all of their laptops. Yeah, they get yeah. too much good press, and now they're like, okay, but please still buy our stuff. Like, yeah. It's just such a desperate move. Okay, let's continue. Well, I want to show you something regarding customization then. Oh, more corporate core. <laughs> Confused like face. <laughs> yeah. Laptops you can upgrade. <laughs> Can't. Pause right there. Okay. <laughs> so that frame was just a bunch of black boxes sliding into place. <laughs> and the, everyone in the commercial was like, everyone went, yeah, I want that wow. in my laptop. Yeah. That didn't show anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> that I, that's all I had to say. Oh there. my goodness. Okay. Yep. All right. Yes, please. <laughs> As to being able to get back to doing those things myself. That's very exciting to me. What is? <laughs> what did you just show? Oh, numbers. Oh. Wow. Hey, that's wow. a big number. <laughs> that's probably how I'd what react What if you could play to? all of these games effortlessly on one device? That would be amazing. Oh, we'd be stoked. My kids would be ecstatic. Well, I recognize a bunch of those games that definitely can't be played on my computer, so. Pause. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So, common trope, Max can't game. Sure. Um, that is not because of the chip. That mm -hmm. is because of the software. Yeah. And this is another thing <laughs> where we talk about, like, the reason people buy a laptop is not because it has Intel inside. As much as people who work for Intel would like to think, nice, somebody buying an Intel laptop, they must like Intel. It's not because it's of Intel. It's not because, because of Intel. Yes, yeah. there are other yeah. things like the Windows 11 that might be running on it or yeah. maybe some other hardware features. It's yeah. got a nice keyboard and a screen and a battery and a build quality. It's In like, fact, most people now buy... AMD laptops because it's AMD. <laughs> exactly right. If you want to bring up which, the gaming point, I'm sure AMD would have a lot yeah, to say about which, that. Which that was the last point I wanted to make about this stuff was about the Microsoft stuff is like, I wish they went with AMD, but Intel has very weird tight relationships. Yeah. Yeah, but they could put USB four in it. It wouldn't be forty it wouldn't be thirty two gigabits, but anyway. It would be a minimum of ten gigabits per second instead of a minimum of thirty two gigabits per second. But yeah. I digress. Let's continue with the uh, oh, one other thing. That guy he was like, he was like, you can play all of these games seamlessly. It's like, they can run. Yeah, but if you have like a three hundred dollar like yeah on some of our chips. <laughs> also, I'll also that's GP. That's mostly GPU bound anyway. That's yeah, Nvidia. This like, is not the Intel chip running the game. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Like a little bit, sure. Okay. Let's go. A touchscreen. Touchscreen. Touchscreen will be great. I agree with that. Pause. I like touchscreen. Is that a real thing? Prop. I wonder. I don't know. Uh, most Mac users who I talk to are like, I don't really care. I love touchscreens, and I use them for Photoshop. I like. I feel like that's a legit that's, thing. It's a legit thing. But I also yeah. wonder, like, you started at the top with people going like, I love Apple. Apple is my, I, I'm a sheep. I, I only want <laughs> Apple stuff. I am an Apple sheep. None of these people <laughs> would ever think about a touchscreen yeah. Mac OS experience, would they? They have an iPad. Right. I mean, I would. Okay, look, I I came from a Windows background. I use Windows and and Mac now. I do wish, like everyone always says, like I wish that the iPad could be a com more of a laptop, and everyone says I wish that my laptop True. could be more of an iPad. So yeah. ultimately, I think t just having the option of a touchscreen is a good thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm just imagining like if I asked a Mac person, "What is your laptop missing?" I, yeah. I would have a hard time saying they would go straight yeah, to touchscreen. Especially but. if they don't really know the benefits of it because they haven't used it before. Yeah. They, so. would, they would go, I want iPad on on it. I don't know. Just we'll see. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Continue. Yeah. What about two oh here we go. I have a I have a touch bar on my <laughs> I, laptop okay, as we go into this I next know, point. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> You're enjoying this. Let me know if you see what's happening. What? Wow. This is a screen. This is another okay. screen. Stop they are both 4K touch screen displays. 
You like that idea? Uh, yeah, I like that idea because I know that I would end up loving it. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> interesting. If there is something to travel with everything all together, yeah, that'd be amazing. I would like to have my iPad and my laptop combined. See, that's real. Pretty cool. That's real. Device. Okay, yeah, that's okay. real. Uh, they showed the Asus ZenBook Pro Duo. Mm -hmm. I love that laptop. Yeah. The uh, it's a risk for most people to take because it's expensive as as heck. Very expensive. It does have that 4K matte angled second touchscreen, which yeah. is it's like a it's like a touch bar on steroids. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, you have to use a separate wrist rest with it. Yeah, because otherwise has, you're touching the trackpad. It's just weird. It has a great keyboard. It's it's a weird device that I think very few people will buy, but once they do buy it, they actually end up loving it. Is um, that possible? Is that possible? <laughs> Okay. All right, oh. go for it. I'm gonna show you something, if that's okay. Okay. We're right back. This that's is a two-in-one laptop. That's awesome. But it 2009. also as Welcome to 2009. That kind what? of eliminates the need of an iPad. It actually folds all the way back. I don't it want to. It folds break all it. the way back. Go for it. My computer would probably snap if I tried that. If I had this option, I don't know if I could put it down. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Welcome pause. to 2009. So yeah, don't try that on your MacBook. <laughs> but I, I'm again, I'm picturing the Apple guy walks into Best Buy. Yeah. He walks right past all those tune ones every time. Yeah. They've been there for years. For years. It's not like you've never <laughs> seen it. Is this possible? Yes, it's been. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they've been out there. Yeah. Does, does the Apple person like wonder, because they're thinking these are Apple products. Are mm -hmm. they going, oh, Apple's finally done it? Yeah. Or are they thinking like, Oh, another PC that I don't want. I can't imagine that these people legit think that these are real Apple products that yeah. are coming out. Who Stuff. knows? Maybe they do. That the funny thing is like when they show the like they showed like the tent mode. And I remember when the the first Lenovo yoga books came out that did that and it's just it's kind of just like the Surface uh, laptop studio where they have to come up with as many modes as possible yeah. just to make it seem like you have all these options. Yeah. And the tent mode was like... <laughs> like, I, like could, <laughs> I could watch a video, but it's closer to the ground now. Instead of like <laughs> yeah. having a keyboard, I don't have a keyboard. You could also watch a video huh. with your laptop in laptop mode. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's an odd... It's a thing. It's an odd feature. Okay, let's go. What if I told you that everything we've been talking about today is available now. Where do I sign up? <laughs> but this was not this Apple. great. That, that is a PC powered by Intel. <laughs> what? Yeah. Really? He's like, oh, I don't actually want it now. <laughs> Whoa! Is this real life right now? What? Wow. That is the device I mean, you were just holding. Wow. I think these, these are guys are more out. interested in the all, RGB really? than they are in the laptops. <laughs> That's beautiful. It looks like a piece of artwork. Oh, you guys have to sign me up. I, have like I said my all the right things. You did. I would say there's a lot more options than with Mac. I am surprised, yeah. Everything I know, I'm going to have to upgrade what I know in my mind. Okay. Oh, my. So that last right. section, like, reminds me of, like, when I, when I shot Retrotech. We do a lot of interviews with people, and... We had a story that we wanted to tell because we'd done our research and mm. we knew how the story went. Mm. And so we wanted to get people to say certain things, but we didn't want to tell them to say the thing. So we'd prompt them in different ways around that thing to get them to oh. fill in the blanks for us. Okay. And I, I can already <laughs> tell that when they went in that room, there was a producer like, so how does this compare to Max? Oh. So what is what would this make you say about comparing it directly to Apple? Like they definitely <laughs> prompted them over and over and over again to get some of those lines out of those people. Yeah. Pretty cringe if you ask me. <clears throat> yep. Um but that's the commercial. That's yep. that's what they uploaded today and thought, yeah, we've done it. Yeah. We've really done it this yeah. time. It just feels like a desperation move. Like the the thing is, I I know they've been doing this for years and like multiple companies have been doing, doing this for years. It's true. But it's a common style. It's such a it's such a desperation. I mean, in, to be fair, like Intel's getting hit from all sides right now. Like, That's the thing. Yeah. Like, okay, you're firing at Apple with this ad. Yeah. Which is like, they're eating some of your lunch, but also like, what about AMD over here? I haven't right. seen any AMD targeted ads yet. Yeah. I don't know if they're working on any, but yeah, yeah. that's another angle they're getting attacked from. I don't understand how they, do they, you're saying desperation mode, but it's like, do they think these ads 
are the answer to changing public opinion about Intel. Again, I don't think most people are buying their laptop because it's Intel powered. Yeah. I think there are a long list of things before that right. that are the reason they're getting this laptop. I think that Intel likes to ride on the innovation of their like actual laptop manufacturers. Yeah. Like all of the features, the upgradability, the Yeah, the um, swiveling, all the hardware OEMs yeah. come up with all this cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's all Asus and Acer and And so if you can fire at Apple, maybe you 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 plant this seed in people's heads of like Apple doesn't have all these options. Right. Look at all these Intel powered options. Right. But it's not Intel that's doing I that know. innovation. I know. So yeah. that's a little bit you awkward. You just say, like, we have so much more choice on the PC side. We power all we of this choice. power all this crazy choice. Which is like, congrats. Yeah. Well done. Keep getting yeah. better at that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, like, it's great It's great that in the laptop space, you do have a crazy amount of choice for your use case. Yeah. Um, that choice also in includes the choice to not use Intel and use AMD. It's facts. And I, I get why they're freaking out. Like AMD's gaining a lot more market share. Their latest chips are insane. Um, they're they're now trying to make GPUs because they're trying to get in the GPU game because they're a little bit afraid that like they're not innovating as fast as everybody else in the in the CPU space. Yeah. And honestly, everyone who has been the traditional CPU manufacturers should be a little worried right now. Qualcomm should be worried because Google's making their own chip. Samsung makes their own chips. Apple makes their own chips. There's rumors that Oppo Group is going to make start making their own chips. Yep. <clears throat> so even in the mobile space, and, and I think Intel's feeling the heat too, but this stuff is like a cycle. Like sometimes AMD stuff is really great and then they are really bad and then they're really great and really bad. Yeah, and you got to have respect for the engineering that goes into all of this competition. Yeah. I just think <laughs> the ads are so yeah, so easy to make fun of and so yeah. cringy at the same time. I here's my question. Yeah. Let's bet. Let's let's place a bet. <laughs> From today's date. <laughs> okay. How long do you think they'll keep doing this style of Apple targeted ads? Will they do another one a year from now? Probably. Probably. Two years from now? Will they do another one? Maybe. Th maybe when M1X comes out, they might do another one. I think they're going to keep doing, yeah, at least, yeah. The, the M1X MacBook Pros are around the corner. I think they do this at least a year from now. I yeah. think in October 2022, yeah. there's another yeah. Intel ad. And it's like, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they think this is the answer. How do these keep getting approved? How does this cringy idea right. keep happening with all these different companies, the Chevy ads, the Febreze ads? Yeah. I don't know. But you yeah. know what? It's content. No, we're talking about it. Do they win a little bit because we're talking about it? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, this is the thing, right? Like, is, is this ad supposed to like, remind people that Intel exists because like do people not know that Intel exists like that's the thing like it that's why it feels desperate because I feel like everyone already knows that Intel exists because they did an incredible marketing campaign in the 80s where they would sell you their chips for cheaper in bulk if you put the Intel inside sticker on your laptop mm -hmm. and it was one of the best guerrilla marketing campaigns that has ever existed a lot of people don't know that yeah but yeah that for those who don't know yeah the sticker on the laptop that like would say Intel inside that yeah. you'd be like, who cares? Intel's yeah. inside. Great. But that's it was a, a reason great, why they put it there. Yeah. It was a great tactic. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, we'll I keep just, seeing them. I think they're, they're going to keep making these commercials. I yeah. don't know if they're going to stop, but I think that they get through so many corporate like layers that it, they're just go, Oh yeah, let's make an ad just to convince people we're better. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, they're going to keep you in it. Yeah. I think that's that's probably where we're ended. I appreciate the lighthearted <laughs> note that we can end this on because there was a, there was a lot happening yeah. this week, and we'll we'll definitely we'll get our hands on Surface Duo two. Yep, we've Duo already Duo. already done a video on the Surface laptop studio, uh, studio which was yep. a fun one. This is not it. I'm just holding my laptop here <laughs> but, in the studio. Yes, and we have the Surface Pro eight as well. Yeah. But much more to come. It's Techtober. There's always stuff happening. So stay mm -hmm. tuned for that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's been it. All right. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Peace. Waveform is produced by Adam Alina. We are partnered with Vox Media, and our intro outro music is by Vane Sill. Mm -hmm.